church, and uh, um, one of the one of the um, kind of the challenges we give out um, every month at Family Experience is for um, that the whole family would memorize the scriptures that they that they receive on that night over the course of a month, and uh, and then we and we say hey, there's gonna there's gonna be a family prize, and uh, so um, so the Vots uh, took us up. They were the one family this last time they took us up on that, and they they memorized the, from from dad and mom and all the kids memorized all five scriptures. And, uh, and they, got the, they got the gift card to uh, the Big Apple to go and have a family time together. So it, that's a really cool thing. And, and the, I, I share that because that's part of the heart of family experience is that, the, is that the family would learn together and grow together, memorize scripture together, and, and have devotions based off of maybe that theme or something like that, that it would kind of encourage, infuse that. So Wednesday nights, once a month, family experience. And, uh, and I'd encourage all of you to come out for the meal. And, and if you'd like, stay for the family experience so uh, we are in uh, we're in a series that I just entitled legacy and uh, it was we started directly after I got back from Israel very much influenced by my time of walking through the holy land and and uh, going all, all over and so hopefully you guys in, enjoy me giving you a little bit of a glimpse into that experience that I that I got to have um, and, and I want you to feel like maybe you're there with me as as we walk through some of those some of those things, but also I, I, I want you to know some of you uh, invested money so that I could go, and I just uh, I want to thank you for that, and, and hopefully what you're seeing is that the investment is paying off. It is uh, definitely changing um, things in me and how I view Bible, and uh, hopefully it's doing that for you too. So we're in a series called Legacy, um, Living a Life That Lasts, and if, you're, if this is your first time as part of this uh, series, um, uh, wouldn't that be a good idea to live a life? that lasts i mean that's what that's what all of us now uh, i would think even if you're not saved even if you're just someone in the world you'd say i want to live a life that lasts but people have all kinds of different ideas of what that means um it, it, when you say i want to live a life that lasts a lot of times it, it it really is just a financial legacy or or sometimes it's a it's a family legacy of of a, of a career maybe you were a dentist you grew up in a dentist family and and the legacy is the career or you know for me it could just be that my legacy is being being a part of a pastor's family and four four generations of pastors and 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 I all of those things are are, are okay they're they're not they're not bad in of themselves I'm just suggesting there may be even a greater legacy that God's calling us to that um, in, including all of that stuff but 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 making all those things really fade into the shadow of the light of the cross and and us living our life um, as Jesus is everything to us and everything else fades away and it and it's just him um, i i think i'm reminded with when we have missionaries like the wogglers with us that man there are there are things that that we need to have in perspective right that at the end of the day i just want you jesus and if i could and if if everything fades away if if on my tombstone is just he lived a life following jesus right if, if that could be it maybe for you and for me um today the the main main thought today um and, and everything's kind of building on each other and 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 they're they kind of go go back and forth I, if we could just focus on one thought today it's this people who leave godly legacies respond with faith during times of great um desperation people who leave godly legacies respond in faith during times of 
great desperation. In other words, um, when you look at through, throughout uh, biblical history, church history, just whatever type, when, when you're looking at somebody that, that would say that they're a Christ follower and we, and we read their stories, some of the things that separate this person from that, this believer from that believer, is, is the moment when they're at the fork in the road in their place of desperation. And, and I don't know what that is for you. I mean, it, it, could be, it could be like some of the stories we hear of Christians dying for their faith, or it could be there's no food in, in, your, in your cupboards, or, or there's no money in your bank account, or your, or your marriage is falling apart. It could be all, whatever the desperation is for you. We find ourselves often at this fork where we are in a complete place of crisis in the natural and the thing that separates just one person from the other, where they get, they get uh, history books written about them, where Bible was written about them, was that at that place, at that crossroad, they chose faith in the place of desperation. They chose to press in. They chose to go after Jesus. They, no, it didn't make sense, but I choose faith instead of choosing my, that this is how it's always going to be. Maybe you've said that before. Man, this is just how it's always going to be. And today I hope that you can see that it doesn't have to be that way. That, that there is breakthrough. That, there, that, that God has uh, miracles for you. That he, has, uh, uh, that, that, he, that he sees with eyes of faith. He sees what you don't see. He looks at you. I, I, I was just, I, people come to my office every once in a while and we get times of counsel and things. And, and oftentimes it's interesting because uh, a, a common theme is that Jesus sees in them what they don't see. In me too, right? And it's, it's, those, it's those places where we just say, God, would you see what I don't see? And I want to step into that. We, uh, I was in, when I was in Israel, um, I got to go um, to the northern part of Israel around the Sea of Galilee. And uh, here's a map. If, do, we, do we have a, a map, Brad? And, um, so this is kind of, if, uh, you're not going to be able to read all the different um, towns and cities around here but the sea of galilee i mean it's a it's a really large it's really a lake but we call it a sea right uh it's a it's a really large um body of water and there's there's villages all around and uh and so if you were here the the first i think the first week that i got back from israel i um i was sharing a, a, a little bit just kind of going through a slideshow just to show you some places i went well one one place um we we were just coming, oh, I can't remember exactly where we were coming from that day, but we were on this, um, let's see, the eastern side of the lake right here, and we were kind of coming down that, that orange road just right around, right around there, and the bus was going, and, and, we were, and all of a sudden, the, the tour guide says, hey, pull over right here, and we pulled over, and he says, it's going to be a really quick stop. Some of you guys have heard this story. We, we got out of the bus. We, we went over to the, to the edge, and it's beautiful. The, the sea was beautiful. Um, I mean, the sun. I mean, it was just like a picture, you know, postcard picture of the Sea of Galilee. You guys would have loved it, uh, and uh, sh show this picture right here. I mean, it was just, just amazing, and uh, um, off to the left, you can't see it, but the sun was, was bright, and it was setting, and it was just a really cool picture, and we're, we're, we're standing here, and the tour guide was, was just saying, um, hey, by the way, we know this. We know because of the land, the terrain, archaeological stuff, this is, and, and there's some things that are tradition, and there's some things that we can just know, and we know that this is the spot where Jesus cast the demons out of the gathering demoniac and the demons went into pigs and the pigs went over 
this place right here. Isn't that just like, if, if you guys read that scripture in, in Luke 8, like you, in you know, another place, like that, isn't that just, it's just cool to know that. And, and, uh, and as I was doing my study for, for today, um, uh, it actually came up again, and I was like, this is interesting. In this story, as we, when we go a little bit farther, we're going to start to see um, the, Jesus, he, right, bef- right before where we're going to be at today, uh, he, he calms the winds and the waves um, on this lake. He's asleep in the boat. And the disciples are freaking out, and this is, he stands up and speaks to the winds and the waves, and the disciples are amazed. Even the winds and the waves obey you. And then they come over to this area right here, and they get out, and he's ministering in this area, and it's in this area that he casts the demons out of this guy, and, and he goes free. And, and then, uh, and then I, get, I think this is where we get, like, deviled ham. I don't know, but this is where... This is where the, the demons go into the pigs and, and, and over the cliff. It was right here. This was, that, this was part of that. And, and he caused so much disruption in this region where, where he's at that the people in this region were like, leave, go away, get, get out of here. And so him and his disciples get back in the boat right here. And the Bible says they, they went back to where they came from. And, and, they, uh, and if you read before this, earlier on in the story, they, they went to the other side. When you think about going to the other side, it, it's, it's usually a straight shot, right? Relatively straight shot. And I want you to keep that in mind because it'll be significant to, to realize kind of some of the geography here in the story where we're going to be. We, um, so later, later I, I, can't, I can't remember if it was that day or, or, or the next day, we were on the other side. We were in a place called Magdala. And uh, maybe some of you are familiar with that name. Maybe you're not familiar with the city of Magdala, but you might be familiar with a lady called Mary Magdalene or Mary of, of Magdala. And she was one of the women that followed Jesus and one of the women that supported him from her own means, from her own uh, uh, money that she made. She was one of the women that helped support Jesus' traveling ministry. And so you had Mary, Mary Magdalene from, from Magdala. And we ended up, this, this, act, this archaeological site um, is actually relatively new, probably within the last 10 years or so. They were building a, um, oh, like a, like a hotel and some other things. And, and as they were building, they, they, they came across some significant um, um, findings from the first century. And they stopped everything. And they, they kind of made another, another archaeological dig. And, dig, and they, they found uh, Magdala. They found this place. They, they know for sure. That in fact, let, uh, maybe maybe we is there a couple other pictures here? And uh, don't go. I, I don't make sure that we don't go to the one with the um, with the the mural. You can see that. All right. So we have so so this is in Magdala. This is a, a first century um, synagogue that that likely Jesus would have uh, would have preached would have taught in this synagogue. Uh, the people that would have attended. This synagogue would have likely been uh, where he would have, uh, they would have likely been there when he fed the 5,000 um, and all of that, right, right around this area, because that, that'd be really close. Next picture. Again, just, this is all some of that. Next. Another, another angle of this, this first century synagogue. Is there another one there? All right. So let's just, uh, let's just pause here. We, um, earlier in, in the day when we were visiting Magdala, we, um, actually it was like uh, we were on the bus and it was the, um, one of the pastors, he's from Connecticut, he just gets up on the, on the bus, it's a tour bus, and so he just gets up and kind of grabs the microphone and, 
and he starts, uh, he just says, I, you know, I just have a sense that God wants to do something in the lives of the women um, on this trip. And he's like, I don't know what it is, but I just have a sense that this is that, this is the day, and I don't know where, but would you, he encouraged the women and the men, but to just keep, would you keep your eyes and ears open today? And we went to different places, we, we you know, um, uh, we went to where, where, where Jesus grew up, and we went to some different, different places along the way, and we ended up, the last stop of the day was Magdala, and, uh, um, and you know, the, it, was, it was getting close to dinner time, and all this sun was starting to set, and we're going, some of these archaeological digs, it was good, it was like, it was nice, but it was more just history, and, and we had some good time of prayer, and all of a sudden, the, um, the, the man uh, our tour guide, he says, hey, one last thing, um, let's, let's hurry up and go quickly, and so we, so we hurried up, and we went, we left that synagogue area, and we went around the corner, and there was this place, almost like a visitor center, um, maybe a little museum, but it was, a, but it was a, it was a building, and he just took us straight to the basement, and this is where, this is where we were right here, um, this is first century, like, road, like, like, cobblestone or whatever i mean this this jesus likely would have gone this is part of a of a road that would have gone through the area and likely jesus would have walked on and so again mind-blowing you're like that's that's crazy to be here and to think that my savior walked here and uh and we gathered around i don't know that you can see it but there's like they they kind of have like curb on each side and then this this road that kind of goes through, and we're just in a room that where they built this building over this over this area, and so we're just we're just there, and the tour guide just starts talking. Um, uh, you know, we had some time of prayer. Uh, um, at some point here, we realized that this is probably this is probably the moment. Uh, being here in Magdala was probably what the pastor was referring to—that something's supposed to be here for the women we started we prayed over over the women on the trip and we we just asked the lord to lift the glass ceiling lord whatever whatever you would have for them that they would fully walk into everything that you've called them to that that there wouldn't be limits and um and so we did that and the 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 tour guide um and these tour guides like i've mentioned before they go to school like you're in like a history class i feel like felt like i was part seminary and part like like university history class and they they go to school for this like you're you're learning i'm like i had i had no idea i mean there were there were certain little tidbits that that changed everything it's it's not like it changes the whole the whole story but it like it's like you're looking at the story in color now and we're we're there and he's um He's talking about a verse in the Old Testament. Maybe some of you have heard it, maybe not, but there's a verse in Malachi chapter 4, starting in verse 2. I think you can read it along with me. It says, but, but for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. You will trample the wicked, and for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day I am preparing says the Lord of armies some of your translations will say the Lord of hosts and this is uh, this is an interesting place he, he starts to focus on this on this verse and and we're just kind of following along and hearing some what he's talking about he's talking about this now for a Jewish mind for for a first century Jewish mind for a Hebrew mind um, they would they would have thought some things about this scripture um, and some of it wouldn't have been 
quite quite accurate like for instance the this verse is mostly talk it's a messianic prophecy but it's mostly talking about the second coming of christ now when you when you look at this uh there's a couple things that all of a sudden would trigger some thoughts and there's tradition around this verse in a jewish mind and you would have and so i want to i want to show you this it was like it blew my mind away i I had no idea you guys want to know all right all right we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking then you, you look at this verse, and it says uh, the son of righteousness. Actually, uh, obviously, it's S-U-N. It's, it's talking about the son. Um, uh, Jews would have believed this was, a, in fact, even, even first century um, Jewish believers would have believed that this was a messianic prophecy. It's S-U-N, but it's also uh, symbolically talking about the S-O-N, the son, the son of God, and would rise with healing in his wings. And that word wings is really interesting because that word wings is a the, there's a hebrew word kanaf or kanap depending on how you pronounce it and uh and this word this word it, it's it's translated wings but it's also this uh it's also translated hem or corner the end of a piece of garment and um you go to uh, you go to places like like the fir- one of the first places not the first but one of the first places where you're going to see that that hebrew word kanaf is in Numbers 15. Starting verse 37, it says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each, of each corner. It shall, uh, it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, uh, of the Lord uh, to do them. Not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined uh, to whore after. Just really interesting thing. So um, actually, everywhere you, you go in Israel, when you see Orthodox Jews, and many of them have these, these uh, tassels. Uh, some, uh, some people call them like, uh, like zitzits. They're, they're like, a, like a, knotted, uh, a knotted tassel on, four, on the four corners of what they, what they would wear. It's, it's a really interesting thing. In fact, um, before I ever came to this this church, uh, I don't know, probably uh, probably twelve years ago or so, there was a friend of mine and he was wearing these, and I just I'm like I'm like I'm like, can you just explain? Like you you walk around with this. I'm I'm not offended by the way. I'm just curious. Like what is this? Maybe you've never. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. And this was it was interesting how he put this. He's like you know those WWJD bracelets that that people wear. Have you guys ever seen those or worn those? What would Jesus do? It used to be a thing uh, to wear those bracelets. And he's like, so you know how people will wear those bracelets to remind themselves to do what Jesus would do. And, and, and every time they see that, oh, yeah, I need to live like Jesus would live. He's like, it's, it's really the same thing that every time they see these, these tassels that hang from, from their garment, it's a reminder to, to keep the commandments, to do what God has asked them to do, to remember that, he, that where he brought them out of Egypt. and all. It, it, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of, of that stuff. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. It simply is a reminder. And it's more than a reminder. It's something God asked them to do. Commanded more. It was, it was more than a suggestion. It was it was do this right, and so they they wore these they wore these tassels, and it's interesting that these tassels hang from the corners and in from the kanaf. From this place where that verse in Malachi was, there's healing in his kanaf. There's there's healing in his wings. The wing 
uh, they would have read that, and not only would it have meant the, the rays of the sun, but it would also symbolize to them the, the kanaf, the, the corners of the garment where these castles would hang from. The, the, there's healing in his kanaf, in the wings of his garment. I thought, man, that, that's interesting. Good to know. Good to know, tour guide. Thank you. I, I understand Malachi 4 a little bit more, and, and, he, and I really didn't yet. I really didn't yet. Um, there's, a, there's a picture. All of a sudden, we were on this, we're on this cobblestone road in this basement, and we're hearing about Malachi 4, about healing in his wings, healing in his kanaf, in the corners of his garment, the, the tassels that would have hung down. There's, a, there's tradition, Jewish tradition would say that, these, uh, that, there was, that there was actually supernatural powers in the kanaf and in the tassels that, that you, could, you could actually touch those and, and be healed. So there was Jewish tradition around this, especially around, especially around the Messiah. That when Messiah comes, there was Jewish tradition around that there would be healing if you just could touch the, the tassel, if you could just touch the, the zitzit or the, or, the, or the corner of the garment. And so look at this picture where all of a sudden we look up and we see this mural there's the cobblestone road, and it goes up. Go to the next picture. We pan out, and we look, and he's like, what do you think that hand is? And we stood there, and all of a sudden, for us, those of us that, that maybe kind of knew Bible a little bit more, we're like, oh, we know that story. We know that story. You see a hand, if I were to tell you, that's a hand of a woman touching the kanaf, the wing, the hem of Jesus' garment you'd start to say, oh, I know that. I know that. Oh, Luke 8, when the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, she reached out. I thought, I mean, there's like tears running down my face as all of a sudden the revelation was coming here. Yes, she wanted to touch Jesus, but there was, there was, thought, there was intentionality here. She, she, knew, she knew, if I could just touch the kanaf, if I could just get to, to a, a tassel, there, there is healing. She knew that there was healing in his wings. There was healing in his wings. This, these, these tassels, um, you know, Jewish men would, uh, they, they, in fact, they, they, there was different ways they would wear them. One of the ways was uh, that they would be on the four corners of a prayer shawl. It would be this big kind of blanket that would go over, and it would go all the way, all the way almost to the ground be this prayer shawl. Jesus would have worn this big, heavy blanket prayer shawl that would have gone all the way. To, that would be one of the things that he would have worn. It was common, and Jesus would have worn that. And there would have been the, the four tassels that would have hung from this prayer shawl. And uh, it would, again, it would symbolize the commandments and the promises of God. And the woman was laying hold of a promise for her healing. Just thinking about this and this whole story. In fact, maybe we could, uh, um, maybe just let's just go to this story. Luke, Luke chapter eight, verse forty-two. Um, kind of that last part of verse forty-two. It says, "As Jesus went, the people pressed around him." I, I, I thought it was interesting as I was looking at this story that uh, that this is one of those uh, un, one of the few one of the few unintentional times that somebody got healed. In scripture, and when I say unintentional, I mean it wasn't Jesus's intention. He was on his way. 
He was actually on his way to heal um, a, a girl who was about ready to die. The, her, her father had come and said, I, I, could, would you come quickly? And on his way, as Jesus went. So uh, I just think that's interesting. There were many times where Jesus went with the, with the intention to heal somebody. This wasn't one of those times. This was on his journey. As he went, this woman comes. Verse 43, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't want to spend tons of time here. It, it's, an, it's an awkward thing to talk about. Can we just be honest? <laughs> I, and so, so I'm, may, I'm only going to spend about 30 minutes on this portion. I get to my staff meetings on Tuesdays, and, and they always say, hey, do you think maybe you could have just, like, worded that a little bit different, less awkward? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And probably not. I think it's interesting, though, to, to, to think about this, especially if you're a woman. Um, in our day, this, this issue in our day um, would be very uncomfortable. There could be, I don't know if there'd be pain involved. There would, it, it would definitely mean that you're, um, you're not able to have children. And uh, it would probably be private, though. Maybe you, maybe your husband, if you're married, um, it would probably be private. This probably wouldn't be something that everybody knew. Oh, just those people that were close and maybe those that are praying with you, maybe your doctors would know about this. For a woman of that day, um, it, it was a little bit more public. And the reason why is because with, with uh, the, the, the law, the Old Testament law that they had, the, the, what, would, what would require you to be ceremonially clean, she, everything that this woman would touch would be ceremonially unclean. Uh, the, her and her husband would not be able to make love. I mean, there, there were, there, there were things she would, would not be able to touch. When she touches a person, that person is unclean. If that person accidentally touched her, they would be unclean. There was, in, in fact, there were, there were times where the, the, where the woman would be, would be told to, to be outside the, the city or outside the, 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 the camp until she was uh, done. I mean, this, this, was, uh, this was a big deal. This is a big deal. For, for us, it would be way more private. For her, it would be, it would be way, more, way more public. This would be, and this was something that she spent money on with doctors and trying to figure out and imagine the the uh, the little bit of medical advances they would have had back in in first century like like they're just they're just i mean we, we think the doctors today are practicing medicine it was definitely a practicing back then aha uh-huh. and so she spends all of her living on this and and uh, Nobody could heal her. Imagine 12 years of anything, whatever you're going through. Imagine 12 years of anything. Right? What's that place for you? What's the desperation place that you're in? 12 years of praying about this, believing about this. Not only are you getting prayer from the pastor and your friends and at the altar, but you're going to doctors. I mean, this is like desperation city (laughs) that's what she's living in some of you living in that same place she couldn't be healed by anyone and she got word because jesus was you saw the sea of galilee jesus the the reputation was uh was 
uh, was out, he would be traveling from village to village. And as he would go, I mean, people would follow him. The word was out. And, and she knew he was coming. She heard uh, whispers that, that Jesus was coming. And in her mind, she knew if, if I could just touch the kanaf. <laughs> Malachi had said that there, were heal- there was healing in his wings. Now, whether or not, whether or not it, was, it was literally what Malachi was talking about or not, this is what she would have believed. This is what what a lot of Jewish minds would have believed, that there would be healing in the Messiah's kanaf. And so she comes. And she touched him. She came up behind and touched the fringe of his garment. And the Bible says that immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? And when all denied it, Peter said, Master, um, the crowd, the crowds are surrounding you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive power has gone out from me. In in other words, I, I want you to understand, look, I believe that there, the, there very well could have been power in his clothes. Very well could have been. We know, we know that there's precedence for that. Paul's handkerchief had power. Uh, so uh, so I'm, not, I'm not saying that there couldn't have been. We don't know that there was. We don't know that there was. One of the reasons we don't know that there was was uh, there were a lot of people touching his clothes right then. Fair? There were a lot of people touching his clothes. And one person, one person touched with enough faith that it drew power from him and actually healed him. Isn't that interesting to you? It's interesting to me. It uh, very well could have been power in his clothes. It was more of a, of a Jewish tradition. And uh, in fact, we know, we, let, me just, let me just go on here, but um, that's, a, that's something to keep in mind. That there were a lot of people touching his clothes and there was one that got healed. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't say, It's really good that you touched my tassel. I think it's good. It's really interesting. He didn't say, you, you touched the wing of my garment. What did he say? Your faith. Whatever, whether it was true or not about the wing, what you know is this, is that she thought it was true. And she thought all she had to do was get close and just touch the hem, the wing, the tassel, the tzitzit. I like the, where the, the Passion Translation of the Bible says it here, verse 44. It says, pressing through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. In verse 47, skip to 47, it says, when the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus. For I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. Imagine that faith. 
Imagine that person at the crossroad. She could have easily said, this is how it's always going to be. And she knew, man, if I just touch the wing, if I just touch the kanaf. Mark 6, 56 says this. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countrysides, they, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Same, uh, Matthew, I think it is, it, Matthew that says it again right here, uh, Brad, the next verse. Same thing, that, that they might only touch the fringe of his garment, and as many touched it were made well. It's really interesting. Again, like there absolutely could be power in his clothes. I would imagine that at times there were. But what we do know is it was a common thought in that day that the fringe of his garment, that the kanaf, that the hem, that the wing, that the, that the tassel, the zitzit, that there, if I could just touch the Messiah's clothes. I thought that was interesting. There was a, there was a lot that happened with that woman, and as we were standing in that room, you could go to the picture of, uh, um, I think there was a last picture there, Brad, and as we were just standing there, Looking at the picture, standing on this cobblestone road, I was just, I was thinking about um, this woman. I was thinking about the women in our group. I was more, I was a little emotional, mainly because I missed my, the women in my family. <laughs> I missed my wife. I guess we're not going to call Kaylee a woman yet. She is definitely, she's a little girl, eight years old. <laughs> Seven, it'd be eight in June. I missed the girls. And I started thinking about them and started, you know, thought about my mom and everybody in that room started thinking about the people in their life, the women in their life. And we had an incredible moment here on this road. Now, do, we don't know that this was the place, but as I showed you that map earlier of where Jesus set out with the boat after he had cast the demons into the pigs, directly across the map was Magdala as he went to the other side. And, and I we don't know that this was the actual spot, but I sat there knowing that it was pretty close. It's closer than Kearney, Nebraska. And I sat there having a moment. We were praying and prophesying over, over the women in our lives that, that, they, that, that the Lord would help them break cultural barriers like this lady did. That she could have just said, this is how it's always going to be, and yet, and yet she did something. It wasn't just, it, I mean, it, it wasn't just, I, oh, I want Jesus to come and pray for me. She, you know, in that culture, she would have made Jesus unclean. That's what they would have believed. And what did she find out? No, 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 he, he doesn't get made unclean. He makes you clean. And she broke cultural barriers. She did something that the people would have said you never do. She, it was, she stepped out in faith when nothing else worked. And I just started tears running down my face, started thinking, man, what about my girls? What about, what about my church? What about me? When am I going to step out with enough faith? I've heard for, for all my life that the wing, that there's healing in his wings. Malachi said that, right? When am I going to step out? And touch it. I don't know about you. This might have been the place. Maybe not. 
I just encourage you right now all over this room, what's that place of desperation? What do you need breakthrough in? What do you need breakthrough? Especially those things that have been there for a long time. Can you think about that? Maybe it doesn't apply to you, but there's got to be at least somebody in here that there's been something for a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time with this relationship I need breakthrough in. It's been a long time with this mindset that I've had. It's been a long time with this, this ailment in my body. It's been a long time. What, what's it been a long time for you that you could easily say, this is how it's always going to be and give up? Or you could just say, you know what? I'm just going to keep pressing in. I'm going to make a fool of myself in this crowd. I mean, if nothing, it w what if nothing happened and she's just laying there? She's, it was worth the risk. Lord, all over this place right now, that you would raise up a level of faith that we haven't had in a long time. That you would show us what that place of faith, that place of risk, Lord, no matter what it's going to make us look like or feel like, that, that Lord, that we're tempted in this moment to say it's always going to be this way. And, Lord, right now, I just declare that it's not. It doesn't have to be. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. In Jesus' name. Pastor Kelly, you can come on. Today, um, this would be a perfect time if the Lord highlighted something for you to let somebody agree with you in prayer in our altar here in a few minutes. Can we stand together? As we close out, we're going to just close out with, uh, with one song. And uh, I just want to encourage you to let Holy Spirit just talk to you during this song. And then in a few minutes, we'll have our altar team come and this would be a great opportunity to take that step of faith and just say, today's the day. Today's the day for my breakthrough. Lord, we come before you right now. Possibly for some of us in that place of desperation. Lord, we don't know if your clothes had power or what. But I do know this is that you looked at the woman and said, your faith has healed you. Would you increase our faith right now? Would you increase our faith right now all over this place? Eyes to see. Ears to hear. Jesus, let's worship him.